Hello, gorgeous people, and welcome to another TV Central one-on-one podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. This is episode 11, 2023, and the seventh of the Australian Survivor Elimination episodes, although this is the 10th elimination overall. When you have the biggest player in the competition and you don't get him out in episode one or two, it will come back to bite you. The King of the Jungle threw a challenge just so he could choose who he wanted uh, out And it worked perfectly, but not so much for Benjamin Law, the 10th person eliminated from Australian Survivor. Benjamin, thank you for joining me at TV Central. Thanks so much for having me, Ryan. And you are right in that it didn't work out for me, but didn't it work out beautifully for the story, though? (laughs) What this fake cookie idol, when you think about it, has travelled across, I think, four episodes at least, from Simon's butt cheeks to Sean's hands to Flick's pocket to Jonathan LaPaglia's hands, to my eyeballs, me, the only one who knows what that bloody thing is. But because Flick doesn't trust me, I can't tell her what it is. And that's how I go out. That's Shakespeare. (laughs) So I, yes, I might have gone out, but wasn't that good TV? Like, that was really good TV. It was bloody good TV. And uh, all that stuff you just said about that, Clue idol um, going between the butt cheeks and people's hands and pockets. Now I'm just wondering about the cleanliness of that idol. Oh, hygiene levels are already low, but after Simon's butt, they're even lower. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he has good butt hygiene. I'm just saying it's still a butt though. Uh, look, we can talk about tribal council in a moment, but I want to get to the only one thing in this game I'm a bit confused about. You had a target on your back way before this whole George tribal council ganging up moment. Um, I mean, I can tell you why almost every contestant might be targeted. It might be an alliance issue, blindside, backstab, whatever. But I'm not sure why you were continually a target. The best I could make out was that people perceived you as an outsider, so they just didn't know which way to take you. So why do you think you were targeted almost almost from the beginning? I think like this is the most fascinating conversation because I think about it a lot now. I even talk about it with the others now that the game is over. And I knew I was at the bottom, but I didn't know that I was suspected as sus so early on. And same with you. Like I, throughout that first phase of the game, was so loyal, so haplessly and probably naively loyal to the heroes. And that's the exact point. They immediately start distrusting me. And I do wonder whether it's actually what you're talking about, because as an outsider, you know, I'm, I'm gay, I'm Asian, I'm a smaller guy on the tribe, especially compared to, to the meat tray. <laughs> I'm conspicuously different. And I wonder if two things are happening simultaneously. One, they're seeing that difference. They're not sure how to feel about it. And when you're in an unfamiliar and, and dangerous environment like Survivor, you flock to familiarity. And I wonder if the other thing happening for me is I'm so aware that I'm different that I'm scrambling and trying to compensate in every way that I can. So one, constantly putting on the rice, constantly putting on the beans, constantly uh, filling up everyone's water, trying to not be a liability, working really hard at the puzzle challenges. And I wonder if they saw that and they're like, why is he so freaked out? Or why is he so going out of his way to be friendly? Mm. Um, I wonder if that just kept a cycle going on where they just thought by the end, look, um, he's not us and let's, um, let's, <laughs> let's get him out at the next opportunity. I mean, in the show, you see that I'm making a fake immunity necklace and the narrative there is, oh, 
what's he doing there? We can't trust him. And I do know like when I've talked to Nina since, for instance, she was just like, dude, you seem too smart out there. And it freaked us out. And I'm like, oh, I'll take the compliment because out there I felt basic as hell. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't <laughs> really know what to do. And that that uh, fake fake idol necklace that I was making, you know, it wasn't just me. It was Shani who was braiding the necklace because she's an amazing braider. It was Paige who supplied the skull. And then we all kind of contributed and decided, yeah, we'll use it as a weapon on tribe swap. So I thought, great, this is a good team bonding exercise. But as you can tell in the show, it's doing exactly the opposite. Yeah. Look, look I just wonder though, just going back to that topic, if if the issue was that you're an outsider, I mean, to me, that seems so sad. Um you're not like everyone else. So rather than get to know you, um uh be inclusive. Let's just get rid of him. I mean, that's disappointing. Just it just seems in an era that we seem to have now of inclus- inclusivity and diversity and um and all that sort of stuff that we've still got this outsider mentality and um and you know if, if we if we don't know this guy, let's get rid of him. That's mm. a bit sad. Yeah, and look, I don't think they're necessarily doing it consciously. Like I wouldn't yeah. argue necessarily that the meat tray are flocking to each other based on race, gender, and size or anything. But like I said before, I think they're reaching to people who are familiar. And I, I'm a really unfamiliar prospect in some ways. I guess the other thing as well is, um, you know, Nina and I are the two only people of colour out there, um, at least on our tribe. So that's something that you're quite aware of coming into the game and you're trying to bridge those differences as quickly as you can. Look, early on, I know that Haley, myself, Nina and Sean were talking about a four-way alliance, which I thought was going to be really cool and really unexpected. But as soon as you see me call the meat tray the meat tray, like <laughs> part of that is a joke, but what you're also seeing in that moment is me clocking, oh, that alliance doesn't exist for me. You know, mm. I know what that dynamic is out there. And it's me also trying to draw other people's attention to it as well, which is like, hey, we all see what's happening, right? Are we going to do something about that? That created more conversations that don't necessarily translate to screen. But um, yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard wall of protein to penetrate. <laughs> well, that sounds really sexual, and I didn't mean it to. But most of the stuff that comes out of my mouth, including meat trade, ends up that way. Don't worry, JLP is the same with his commentary. <laughs> I know he's like a British sitcom, isn't he? <laughs> he is. Look, in the end, I know that you're a scapegoat. Um, but what do you think of of anyone using a strategy to throw a challenge so so that they can make their own decision on who will go home? I mean, that's a big move by George. Yeah, and if you saw how it played out in real time, you would have seen me really lose my cool at at Stevie and and George and Shawnee, even though I all like them out of the game. But in that moment, I was just so angry because I'm a weedy little guy. And if you see the puzzle side by side by the end, we actually got close to winning without without the extra physical help of, of George and Shawnee and Stevie and Jerry were also throwing the challenge too. But I'd be a hypocrite in saying that you should never throw a challenge because obviously Haley and maybe some of the others including me <laughs> may have thrown the challenge to get Rogue out. Now, you might not think that's necessarily um, honourable gameplay, but sometimes you do things in order to make sure that there is harmony and safety with your allies. And I cannot begrudge George and his allies at that stage for doing the same in a way that 
undermine me. I think, I think that smart gameplay, I probably would have done the same. Well, let's talk about George. I'm guessing you've you've watched uh, the episodes now, so you see, um, you can see what's happened to other tribal councils as well. I know it's hard to say because you were one of George's victims, but do you have any respect for his play and strategy? I mean, he basically has total control of the entire game. It really is incredible, um, and he's very arrogant or confident about it, whichever way you want to put it. You are seeing with George a creature in his natural habitat. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like George is such a singular, irreplaceable human being. I know he might put other people offside. Um, maybe there are plenty of people out there who might not even like his style of gameplay, but you have to respect it because he is playing this game and this season in particular so well we all know that he came runner-up in um, in Brains versus Brawns, but you would be a fool not to be putting some money on him for this season because he's upped his game in, in so many different ways. He might not be as good as puzzles as he thinks he is, <laughs> but he's very, very good at the strategy. And now that I'm able to see him in Tribal Council, especially with the Villains Tribal Councils, which we weren't privy to at all, we just heard the legend, the myth of the crazy seven-hour tribal that had happened. <laughs> we just weren't aware because we're so dense that 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 was so brutal and that was all George's work. So by the time Tribe Swap happens, the heroes are just painfully, naively, completely just blinkered when it comes to how brutal and brilliant George can be and and is. Mm. Let's get to this fake immunity idol. I've only got really one question, and if it's a dumb question, I'm going to edit this out of this podcast <laughs> because I don't get it. So Simon's put his hand in the cookie jar, has pulled this thing out, and and in now we know it's supposed to be a clue. I don't get how how was he supposed to know that it's a clue? It's got nothing written on it saying, "Hey." you found this now, go and look under a tree and you'll find the real one. How, how did you actually, how was he supposed to know that it was a fake or if it was a clue, what was the clue? How was it? I don't get it. He, the answer to that question is really simple. He wouldn't have known. And I barely knew either. I think a lot of it's luck because when I watch Simon Paul, the cookie idol out of the cookie jar, this fake idol, which is actually a clue. I'm like, there but for the grace of God go I. And when I found mine in um, the rice canister, yeah. all I knew was that it meant something. And it wasn't until I started <laughs> kind of trying to work it out with myself because, it was, you know, I can't even bounce ideas off other people by this stage. I'm like, okay, is it an idol? I don't think it is. And by this stage, I think I, I just assume that the whole show is against me because everyone else is <laughs> against me at this stage. I'm like, I think it might be a trick. And if it's not a trick, oh, look, it's probably an advantage. I don't think it's an idol because idols are like this. I've never seen something like this before. So what is it? And so in the show, it seems that after a few false starts, I find that idol. But can I just tell you, that took me so long to find. I'm just like, okay, I've got an advantage, but I'm about to go to tribal and I think I'm going to die. It, if it wasn't just totally scanning constantly in ways that obviously made the others suspicious, um, I would never have found it. So I don't think Simon's stupid at all. Um, I just think that 
I got lucky and had greater paranoia because I was already paranoid by that stage. So, so what is, because it's been referred to now as a clue. So mm. if you have it in your hand, what is the clue? So if you have this thing, it's got a green gem in the middle. Yeah. yeah. If you're scanning everything for this green gem. And I guess I had practice because I've played a lot of Zelda Breath in the Wild. <laughs> you know, it's like, where's the shiny mushroom? Where's the shiny mushroom? Uh... Um, eventually, you'll see a coconut with a green gem on it facing oh... at the well. That's exactly the same icon as this fake idol. So as when I saw that, finally, my God, why didn't I see it there from the start? I'm like, there's something, that, that's something. I don't know what it means, that's something. So I dig around like a ferret and then something reveals itself. I'm only going by the preview of of the next episode. Like what we see see of that, it looks like they're going to gang up on Simon because of that, because it was all fake in the end. It just yeah, even from this conversation, it seems like poor guy though. He genuinely thought it was an idol. I don't think he was misleading anyone. He genuinely thought he had that. So interesting. Um, look, we've seen eleven hours of television at this point, but five <laughs> but five hundred and twenty eight hours have passed in reality on on the show. That's a lot of unseen stuff. So just in general terms, what are we not seeing? I mean, you can't all be sitting there for twenty four hours uh, scheming and plotting. Oh, you're seeing the most hilarious things play out in the background. I mean, let's face it, for the first few episodes, you didn't see the heroes at all because, the meat tray especially and <laughs> sometimes the puzzle queen and the puzzle king kept winning challenges and there wasn't that much time to spend with us but you're seeing things like flick and page get really close i think that's one of the things that doesn't translate to screen how much social currency page has in the game because i know there are broader in real life conversations that are happening about page that don't quite match up to the dynamics that were felt on the tribe there the other things that you're seeing are like crabs just constantly crawling over our face in the middle oh. of the night. Like it was like a scene out of Alien, you know, face huggers just crawling us. For the first few nights, we didn't know what they were. You're not seeing also how intense the environment of Samoa can be because it is such a beautiful nation of islands. But it's also really wet at key times. And when we first got in there, even though the heroes won all the shelter materials, it was not watertight. And by day six, like my flesh was literally rotting off my body in some places because you could not get dry. Uh. So yeah, you, you don't see the rot and you don't smell the rot either. Well, thank you so much for the promo. We've got Benjamin Law gets crabs on Australian Survivor. Beautiful. <laughs> Benjamin <laughs> Law rots on an island and gets crabs. Oh, it's, yeah. It's lovely. Quite a picture, isn't it? We're, we're right at the end, but just quickly, because you are an accomplished um, author and actor as well. Have you got anything happening in the creative space, space at the moment? Yeah, every week I've got a pop culture podcast and radio show on the ABC called Stop Everything, um, and we do that every week. But the thing that I've been working on that I'm really proud of that's about to come out is a show called Well Mania. It's going to be on Netflix mm, globally. Netflix. It's yeah, out on March 29, and it stars Australia's favourite, Celeste Barber, who, of course, is Instagram's favourite has more followers than bloody Gwyneth Paltrow. But what a lot of people I don't think realise is what an incredible actor she is. And you'll get to see that now. Anyone who loves Celeste is going to love Wellmania. Beautiful. Look, I don't think there was uh, much else you could do um, in the show. You're just another victim in George's game. Unbelievable. Um, great television, though. Thank you for joining me. 
Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Aaron. Benjamin Lord, 10th eliminated from Australian Survivor. Australian Survivor, 7.30 Sunday, Monday and Tuesdays on 10 and 10 play. TV Central will be talking to almost every eliminated contestant. Uh, There will be a podcast available around lunchtime the day after an elimination. That's all for this podcast. For all the latest news, podcasts, streaming info and guides and ratings, head to tvcentral.com.au. Until next time, I'm Aaron Ryan. Thanks to Benjamin Law. Bye for now. (laughs) 